2 Kings chapter 7, verse number 3 and 4. I am grabbing a little bit of uh, an experience somewhat out of context. I'll explain it in just a moment. And for some of you, it may be a familiar story. But 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and 4. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here? until we die if we say we will enter into the city then the famine is in the city and we shall die there if we sit still here we die also now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the syrians if they save us alive we shall live and if they kill us we shall but die in a time of famine that was gripping a nation and gripping the people of God who had been shut off from supply because of their enemy. God was in the process of working a mighty miracle, and a lot of it hinged on the attitude of these four leprous men outside the gate who said, why sit we here until we die? And by simply doing something, God pro provided and produced a mighty miracle. I preached to you for a little while, the effects of too much sitting. Well, how about that? The effects of too much sitting. <laughs> Would you ask God to help us? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for uh, the grace that allows our lives to have meaning beyond what we would ever know without you. And let the word do what you desire it to do. Let our time of prayer in just a few moments uh, cause us... Uh, to respond in faith to what pleases you and what would satisfy your will for our lives. I pray and believe for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> you may be seated. The Mayo Clinic, and I, I want to say before I read a couple of these things, this type of statistic or information almost depresses me. And I'll explain. But the Mayo Clinic says when you sit, you use less energy than you do when you stand or move. Research has linked sitting for long periods of time with a number of health concerns. Any extended sitting, such as at a desk, behind a wheel, or in front of a screen can be harmful. An analysis of 13 studies of sitting, time, and activity levels found that those who sat for more than eight hours a day with no physical activity, had a risk of dying similar to the risks of dying posed by obesity and smoking. And I, I'm like, you know, when I read that, I'm thinking, haven't ever one time had a cigarette in my whole life. And, and, and that doesn't make me a special person. It just means somewhere they got my attention, told me not to do it. God gave me grace. I didn't do it. And now they're telling me that sitting around is just as harmful. I tell you, that kind of stuff bothers me. Don't, don't, don't take me down that road. But then in the same uh, article it says, however, unlike some other studies, this analysis of data from more than 1 million people found that 60 to 75 minutes of moderately intense physical activity a day countered the effects of too much sitting. 
So then I was like, okay, I just got to do something. This feels moderate. If I get a fork in my hand and move it towards my mouth regularly, that feels moderate. And all of a sudden, there's hope. Look at God. He's making a way. He might even be making you sway. Try to add that there. But too much sitting. And the answer to the effects of that is to do something. Amen. Inactivity, whether it's fear, whether it's disappointment, whether it's doubt, whether it's just an inability to understand what can I do, inactivity is the enemy, but activity, doing something to please God, to honor God, will produce something in your life that cannot happen otherwise. And spiritually, your health will increase if you do something to honor God. Amen. I'm not going to tell you specifically what you need to do. There are some things I will mention, but I am going to encourage you, if you want to be spiritually healthy, do something. Amen. You did something. You came to the house of God. Good start. Even you may not be bouncing off the walls or running around the church or maybe your boisterous praise was not exactly where you would like it to be today. But already moderate activity is a step in the right direction. Why sit we here until we die? In fact, we do need to avoid what one man said. He said too many Christians are sitting on the premises instead of standing on the promises. And so, and really the focus of what I am talking about today really isn't a motivational uh, speech. Nothing really even all that engaged in terms of trying to motivate you even in terms of physical activity. But it is a reminder God's purpose must be fulfilled in our lives. We must pursue God's purpose. The Lord did not love you or choose you just to put you here on hold until the rapture. He loves you and chose you and chose me so that we can do His will in our lives. Amen. I may not be the greatest person of prayer, but I'm going to pray the best I can. I may not be the best worshiper, but I'm going to worship the best that I can. I may not be the best giver, but I'm going to give the best that I can because God has called me for a holy purpose. Reject any idea, any notion that your choices are of no consequence. Reject any thought that your life is insignificant. Reject any sense that your failures, disappointments, questions, frustrations, even your trouble that you may be facing right now is a reason to be disqualified from one more step of faith. Whatever it is in your heart to do that would honor God, do that with all of your might and believe that God will intervene and demonstrate his power 
Hey, you know what we need? We need divine intervention in our families, in our community, in our neighborhoods, in our nation, in our world. So don't just sit there. Do something. Amen. I know I told you to be seated. Out of reverence and out of respect for what's happening now. But in the avenue of life and in the lane of traveling through life, be very careful about prolonged seasons of inactivity. Just kind of, I told you about those things I read to you at the beginning. I, boy, that bothers me because I, I want to feel like everything's going to be okay as long as I'm not doing the bad stuff. That's how we get as Christians. Everything should be okay because I'm not doing the bad stuff. But that's not what the Word of God seems to point out. 1 Peter 2 and 5, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to avoid the bad stuff. we got to get over avoiding the good stuff. Don't just sit there praying. Don't just sit there, worship. Don't just sit there, reach out. Give God your life. Give God your talent. Give God the best days of your life and let him have his way. Amen. And God will prove his faithfulness in your life. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10 in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. And so I want to just remind you that even in our lives, it is not enough to just have the resolve or the mindset that I'm going to live for God. We must activate enough faith to do what we know to do. For to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The old saying said, the idle mind is the devil's workshop. I don't know that you would liken that to a scriptural principle, but at least you can confirm that really seems to be true. The idle life happens to be a place where the enemy can come in like a flood and begin to sow doubt and begin to sow fear and begin to sow confusion. And the best way out of that trap is to do what you know to do. Why are you praying? Because that's what I know I can do. Why are you worshiping? Because that's what I know I can do. Why are you giving? Because that's what I know I can do. And if I'll do what I know I can do, God will intervene. Amen. So I challenge you to do something so that you do not miss the purpose of God. I remember years ago sharing this simple illustration. A man rushes into a train station 
and breathlessly asked the agent, when does the 801 train leave? And the man said, at 801. The man replied, it is 759 by my watch. 750 sound by the town, 757 by the town clock, and 804 by the station clock. Which time am I to go by? The man said, You can go by any clock you wish, but you cannot go by the 801 train, for it has already left. Wow. What a bummer. Hey, I don't want to miss my purpose. Hey, I don't want to fail to experience the promises of God. And I hate to make it so simplistic, but if you allow your life to be overtaken by distraction, you will settle for something less than the awesome move of God that will transform your life and give you a mighty purpose that will allow God to demonstrate his glory. If you let even your own failures and disappointments rob you of your determination to live and walk by faith, you will miss out on the miraculous you will sit by the side of life's road and watch it all go by. But if you got enough faith to lift your hand, get ready for a miracle. If you got enough faith to take one step, get ready for a miracle. If you got enough faith to cry out, Jesus, have mercy on me. Get ready for a miracle. We're not. We're not experiencing God's blessing because of our talent, because of our ability, and in many cases, we are not even experiencing God's blessings because of the things that we have done to somehow uh, align ourselves with his will. Those are important steps that we take, obedience and faithfulness, but even that is not why we are experiencing God's blessings. We experience God's blessings because he is faithful. I believe I asked it a couple weeks ago. Maybe you were here when I asked. I said, has God been faithful to anybody? And everybody raised their hand. Hopefully you feel that way today. And then I asked, has God been faithful when you were unfaithful and still we were able to lift our hands. I'm not telling you to reject the call of obedience, but I am telling you stop letting the enemy convince you that if you're having a bad day, God's having a bad day. If you're having a bad week, God's having a bad week. If you're having a, God, a bad year, God's having a bad year. Not so. Not true. Ain't going to happen. God is faithful on your worst day. God is faithful in the middle of a storm. God is faithful when you feel like taking your own life. God is faithful. Just step out in faith and ask him to have his way. Don't just sit there. Do something. I don't know if this is something that you would do, but when somebody does get up, we that are less, less mobile, 
we have a tendency to say, hey, since you're up, Nobody's ever done that before. Hey! Since you're up! And, and, and that's, that'll work maybe for a moment. But you cannot sit by and expect someone else's faith to bring you to where God wants you to come by faith. And I know that we pray one for another. I know that we minister one to another and it is so important to do that. But Romans 5 and 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We get up ourselves because of the grace of God and by faith in Him. And once we stand, we should begin to do what God has called us to do. So I submit to you, since you're up, Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. That's God. Matthew 16, 19. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We intervene in situations that heaven is not being identified and heaven is not being affirmed and so we look around and, and our community and we begin to realize it is not God's will for all of these things to be happening it is not God's will for people to be absolutely devastated by drugs alcoholism prescription pain meds and on and on and on the ills of society we try to help we try to encourage but the very most important thing we can do is pray. Don't just sit there. Pray. Don't just talk about it. Pray. Don't just think about it. Pray. And when you pray, find out something that's not happening heaven's way and begin to bind it. Lord, it's not your will for Johnny to be an alcoholic. I bind alcoholism in Jesus' name. Lord, it's not your will for Mary to be addicted. I bind that spirit of addiction in Jesus' name. You pray, and God will do what you cannot do. I mentioned my travel this week, and Sister Jean, I could not help but recall last Saturday night in prayer, she raised her hand and said, we need to pray for North Korea. And Sunday morning, I get a call. You need to go to Korea. Could you maybe pray for Hawaii? <laughs> Jamaica. Any place warm in the winter. I would love to take the call and go and do the Lord's work. And I know that the prayer was so focused, and, and yet literally I, I thought that that's pretty amazing that we just prayed 
and, and I get a call the next day. Understand, it doesn't always work that way, but I think we should go ahead and let our understanding of prayer be expanded and believe with all our heart things we could never accomplish otherwise God will do when we pray. Things we could never change about people and situations God will release his power and his purpose when we pray. We're not making things happen. We're not commanding God, but we are aligning our heart with a holy purpose. And when we pray, God releases his power. Hallelujah. Don't just sit there. Pray. John chapter 4, verse 22 you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Don't just sit there, be a worshiper. Don't just sit there, be a praiser, and begin to magnify the Lord with me. I want to just say this, not to hurt your feelings, but if you are not a worshiper, you are not in the will of God. True story. I don't, I, I don't know how to tell you any different. Let me make it even more personal. If you're not a praiser, you're not in the will of God. God loves you, but you're not in the will of God. Why? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Well, I don't like the songs. I don't know the words. Can't hardly even see them on the screen. I don't know what to tell you, but the will of God is for you to praise God, for you to worship God. Let everything that hath breath. Can I beg of you, and I know this sounds a little bit sobering and maybe a little bit direct, but from the back row to the front row with a massive orchestra, or bless God with these that have been so kind to help us when we have had minimal resources, to God be the glory. He deserves praise, and he deserves worship, whether you know the song or not, whether you like the singer or not, whether you think it's comfortable or not. Hey, we got a job. That's to glorify God. That's to praise his holy name. That's to leap if you can leap and shout if you can shout and clap. Oh, you don't even want to move yet, but I'm going to preach it again. You got one job. That's to praise God. Can't you move your hands? Thank you for being in the will of God. Amen. When we're singing, sing. When we're praying, pray. When we're lifting our voice, lift your voice. You want to be in the will of God? Start with praise. Start with worship. Start with honoring God. And to the poor misguided soul, that can only become enthusiastic if we give you a microphone. Good luck waiting for that.
he went to Korea and came back filling his oats. I said to the poor, I'm going to say it again, to the poor misguided soul who can't get enthusiastic unless we give you the microphone or stop everything so we can pay attention to your little spiritual psalm. I got news for you. That is not the will of God. Thank you for an amen. I'm telling you the truth. God has made it clear to me through his word. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You may not like the person that's singing out of key, but God loves a praise that comes from the humble heart. You may not like the person that's dancing, jumping, running, skipping, but God loves. Worship from the heart. Now you're definitely welcome to be here in church. You really are. Please know that. Because a lot of people go to church that are not doing the will of God. Where else should they go? It'll never get right in the bar. It'll never get right even in other places that are trying to get things right. Keep coming here and eventually... You'll start doing the will of God. And to God, how do you know? Because that happens for all of us by the grace of God. If we'll just keep participating. Since you're up, why don't you serve? Give God the glory. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 9. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true not God, true God. I say to you, if you're not serving, check for idols. You are serving something. It's just not God. If you're not serving, check for idols in your schedule. Check for idols in your energy, your talents, your treasure. Check for idols and you'll find something. Hey, get ready because pastor wants to help you. You'll find something that's getting your money. If God is not getting your money, you'll find something that's getting your love. If God is not getting your love, you'll find something that's getting your worship and your service if God is not getting your worship and your service and I say to you love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength don't just sit there serve God and before you decide alright I'll serve but I'll just do it because they're telling me. No blessing in that. In fact, the scripture says, serve the Lord with, anybody know? Oh, with, with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness. Not with Gladys. But if she served the Lord, serve the Lord with her. We have a Gladys here. God bless you. Serve the Lord with gladness. You know where that comes from? It comes from a heart that says, I don't know why he picked me up and turned me around, but I'm so glad. I don't know why he brought me through everything he brought me through. 
but I'm so glad. I don't know why he loves me on my worst day, but I'm so glad. Don't just sit there. Serve the Lord with your time, with your talent, with your treasure, and just see what God will do. Reject any attitude of selective service and just let God rule your heart and see what God will do. Since you're up, why don't you reach? For anybody you can connect with that just needs the love of God. Maybe in the church family, maybe out of the church family. But since you're up, let's reach the world we have been called to reach. Jude says of some having compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. Jesus said, The harvest. It's ripe, but the laborers are few. Or the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Since you're up, let's reach for anybody we can reach. And just see what God will do. Love God and let his purpose be fulfilled in your life. You know the old saying, if you don't stand for something, You'll fall for anything. So there's a danger in just sitting idly by, inactive in your faith, inactive in your approach to God. Open up your heart and let God give you the victory that only he can give you. Stand with me. Now I'm going to, I was trying to find a scripture that would, that would align with this. You know how you try to make the Bible say what you want it to say. <coughs> so, <coughs> excuse me. So what I say now, I simply say from experience. But I believe it's true. The longer you've been sitting the harder it is to get up. That's real life. Feet fall asleep. Legs fall asleep. Let's not even get embarrassing about all the places that could happen. It's real life, right? Even Caleb thought that was funny. The longer you've been sitting, the harder it is to get up. But if you keep sitting there, you'll die spiritually. So whatever it takes, there are people in this room that can testify. I was so laid out, didn't think I had one more act of faith in me. But by faith, I lifted my hand. By faith, I lifted my voice. By faith, I just cried out to God, Oh, Lord, forgive me and help me to do your will. And God's grace came along, gave me new life, gave me fresh hope, gave me 
a sense of purpose again. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Most of the people you see that are active, in fact, I'll just say all of them, they have all been inactive at one time or another. Some because of fear, some because of sin, some because of doubt and disappointment, some because of condemnation. Anyone you look at right now that's active in some of the areas I described, they have suffered at one point or another from inactivity. They could tell you the longer you remain seated, the harder it is to get up. But whatever you have to do, get up and see what God will do. I don't even think it's a bad idea. Have a seat, my brother. It's not even a bad idea to reach out to your brothers and say, I'm struggling to get up. Would you help me? And we can bear one another's burdens. You say, well, that's, that's, that's cool with him, but what about somebody that's, that's huge? Have a seat, brother. Sister Mandy, you know how to get him going. There's no shame. There's no shame in leaning on a brother. There's no shame in saying, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? Would you, would you help me? There's no shame in saying I'm not what I, I, I ought to be. I know it. I'm struggling. Would you just pray for me? Because I don't want to die sitting here. And if you encounter a brother that ridicules you or persecutes you for that, they are out of the will of God. I promise you that. They missed it. But all over this room are people that will say, come on, I'll help you pray. I'll help you get through this season. God is faithful. Amen. Would you come cry out to God? I know we often have you repent there in the pew, but go ahead and come up. Begin to talk to the Lord. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. I pray for the children of the Most High God that are in this room. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over every ministry that is inactive. I plead the blood over every prayer warrior that has drifted into inactivity. I plead the blood over any worshiper and any praiser. If you have listened to this message at all, you have not heard a message of condemnation. At the most, you have heard a message of conviction. And likely, if you were listening at all, the Spirit has brought you a word of love that says I've got something for you to do. I've got something for you to be. I've got something that I have called you to become. Give yourself to me. You will experience my power and my presence all over this room. Keep crying out to God. 
I want to see the Lord strengthen and encourage. I want to see his anointing renew a right spirit within every one of us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, as they sing, cry out to God. We'll get to as many as we can and pray. But would you say, Lord, I want to get up and walk in a path that you would make for me. I want to live with a power and an anointing that only you can provide. 